When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. You're now tuning in to Black Fly on the Wall, the podcast, Black Men Advocating for Black Men. What's good, everybody? What's popping? Hey, what's going on? Good, good. Today's episode is White Allies. Are they needed for black people to be successful in 2021? What you got to say, Duke? What, 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 what you, yo, you got your head down over there. You like... <laughs> First off, introduce yourself. Yeah. My name is Dr. Okeke. Um, yeah, I heard I him on a previous DBS. episode. Uh, Instagram if you need to find me and Twitter. Hit his DM if you got something to say. Pop off. P, introduce yourself. Pierre Bless, rapper, father, entrepreneur, lover of all, spread love to brand. Spread love to everybody. And we have Miss Alexandra Worst today, a.k.a. A-Dub. Ooh, government name, yes, A-Dub. <laughs> That's who I be, yeah. <laughs> um... She is an air personality on K97.5 here in Raleigh, North Carolina. She's a content creator on her um, media platform, such as segments related to group chat, After Dark, and That's Who I Be With. She also hosts a a hip-hop podcast, uh, Hip Hop Daily, the Daily DX Podcast, right? Yeah, DX Daily Podcast. DX Daily Podcast. Give me right. Give me time. Time me. me. (laughs) All right. So, of course, you know, we, we can't have this conversation without, you know what I'm saying, having somebody who is identified as white on this conversation who may or may not be an ally. I'll let her tell it. I think she's an ally, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she's an ally to black people. You know what I'm saying? So, Alexandra, let's start off with you. Do you think black people need allies, white allies to be successful? Um, I don't think to be successful. Okay. Like, I think they're well beyond capable to go and be successful without white people. Okay. Only thing I would say if like people want to like argue with that is the whole – if the whole white people and white companies are bigger than instead like black companies, then yeah, you could have to like work with the white people to get in there and things like that. That's the only thing. Like, I guess like get over them, even though like, I am mm-hmm. white, like get over us to like right. be successful, but you don't really need us. You okay. can make a successful like black brand or black platform, but the white companies can get in the way type of thing. Okay. And you just get over them, but use them to get over them. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, add to that. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need white people to be successful, yeah. right? We don't need white people for success, but we do for equity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in this social system, in this political system, we already know that it wasn't set up with us in mind, right? Mm-hmm. According to that particular constitution, way back when we were, where we were at that time when it was written, we were still three, what, three-fifths of a human being? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we weren't considered when they said, you know, for equal rights for all men, et cetera, right? Because we weren't considered men in that space, right? We weren't even considered human. So with that in mind, in order to receive equity on a judicial or legal, you know, perspective, from a judicial or legal perspective, yeah, we do need white allies because this is their system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like, do you need football players to play in a football game? Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like lawyers before you go before a judge. Right. Right. Well, well, and, and the thing about it is whenever you're dealing with, 
when you're dealing with and you're assessing yourself and you're saying, you know, do I need white people in my network? Do I need white people as friends? Do I need white people as business partners? Do I need white banks for loans? When you're asking yourself that, you got to ask yourself, what do I need to do to win? You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you have to accept reality. And you, have to recept, you have to accept life for what it is. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, these systems and societal norms and all these social constraints that we have working for us and working against us. Because at the last time we checked, like all of us, majority of us, if not, correct me if I'm wrong, went to school. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of us went to PWI, some of us went to HBCUs. Right? But at the right. end of the day, if you track that back to it, there's a white ally in there somewhere, whether it's related to finances, whether it's related to something. So whether you say that you need it, you have to also say, have I benefited from it as well, whether you need it or not. What's the benefits and how? what's the outcome of what you have? Go ahead, P. I ain't even say nothing. Go ahead. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we don't need them. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to play the game like Alex was saying, you know, and Duke, I agree too, but – Black dollars are popping in 2021. You know what I'm saying? We actually don't even need to go get their money either for equity, um, especially in a sense. There are some, it depends what business you were in. Um, what if you're selling weave? What if you're a barber? I challenge that though. Do you got to, I got people in the industry that didn't go get white dollars. But they use a, what, what platform did they use to sell it on? They made their own website. I made a website for them. Who created the Who internet? created the internet? Who created the internet, but whose money did we use? Shopify? What's that? It ain't Shopify. But, okay, they don't, they, are they, do they have an Instagram page? Do they use social media to promote? So, that, those are ads? white allies? You using them as a... I mean, as a physical, you know what I'm saying? We can go digital, but physically, no. Do we really have to go get the white dollar? Okay, we are using banks. We're using Bank of America. We're using Wells Fargo, but... You use Hypo- credit? Hypothetically speaking, you know what I'm saying? No, we don't. Okay, the way you guys are saying it, yeah. You know, um, fiscally, like we're going to get dollars. We They have, they own these businesses, maybe the platforms. Okay, I agree. I'm not going to be dumb and blind to that. But I'm saying, you know, like, no, we don't. We have our own power. Um, we're creating new power. We have new money we're creating that it actually is really ancient. We're finally finding ourselves to the point now to where we're creating our own standpoint, our own footprints. Yes. And I love the fact that we do have people that are helping um, because it makes us more powerful when they do help. But do we need them? No. But it helps. It gives us actually a, a, a kickstand, you know, an extra boost that they are showing us love. But Short answer. So, nah. uh, Alice, do you do you feel like um, what is the barrier between why black people feel like they don't need white people to be successful? Mm, I guess like the barrier would be because I would say I would challenge that and say white people don't think like that. I th- I feel like they think they need everybody to be successful. Yeah, because I was thinking As, that too, from like, a consumer point of view. Yeah, because if it's a white brand or white business, especially when the whole um, they just want to win. Well, yeah, I guess they like, don't care. When like the Black Lives Matter movement came about, like when it was like big, like mainstream, like it's always been a thing. But when it first came out, when it was popular, not popular, but you know what I'm trying to right, say. Right, no, no, yeah, 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 no, it's yeah. fine. We yeah, in 2020, 2021. Okay, that's fact. what's happening. Yeah, so it's at the forefront. Yeah, a lot yeah. of companies yeah. and brands were like trying to show their support. You know, post their Black Square, like post the hashtag and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, other like Black companies. I mean, there's no really reason to be like I'm with white people or I support like white people because that's 
that's like y'all think. Do you stop it right there for what, a second? What, if, if black companies did that, do you think they'd be canceled by the black people, by the black customer base that they do have? Yeah, do y'all think that? Because, like, 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 like what she was saying, person. how white people, white white companies, pandering. white companies were posting the black square in solidarity with blacks, mm-hmm. right, in regards to Black Lives Matter. Okay. Question. Do white lives matter as well? Absolutely. So it, could they could, could if they could they post a white square and say we are standing with white folks in solidarity because white lives matter as well because white people and black people die every day too, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, well, hold on. I, I, I feel where this is going. I, I, you know, I'm just playing devil's going. advocate. Yeah, yeah, say, sure. speak on it. Speak. In this case, one demographic is not systemically, systematically, and overtly oppressed mm-hmm. by the country they live in. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything for one particular demographic mm-hmm. is actually set up for them to succeed. Absolutely. Whereas on the flip side, everything for our demographic is not. I agree 100%. Right? And now they'll, they'll bring in the whole affirmative action piece, right? Oh, we did this for you know, black women. No, that was meant for white women. We just used it. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in that space, it's just like, hmm. And, and, uh, and as far as feminism as well, that was exactly. made for, that was made yeah, for, wha- for white, white women. Feminism was for white women to be able to have the option and the choice so to go into the workplace. That's what I mean right. by white allies. When yeah, bro. Equity, I agree right? with you. I'm not talking about financial people. Yeah. Everyone knows how powerful the black dollar is. Absolutely. Which is why they started doing the black squares and mm-hmm. companies were showing solidarity. With That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. It was an economic play, right? But in this space, we're talking about actual legal equity. Mm-hmm. When you look at a black man... Why is that black man not being paid the same amount as that white man? There's a different value on his life versus mine. Right, because the black, the black man, the average black man makes 59 cents on the dollar to what a white man exactly. makes. And we're not even going to talk about our women. Why aren't black women being paid the same amount as black men or white women? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Why, why is it that we are constantly finding ways to downplay the, blacks, the black person right, in that space? So for me, I personally look at it this way. I understand the system. And because mm-hmm. I understand the system, there is a thought process behind the system. Mm-hmm. If there is a thought process behind the system, you need to understand the individual that created the thought process. Mm-hmm. Who created the thought process? It won't us. Right. So I can't look at us and say, hey, how do we figure this out? Right, because we, we are not this. the solution. Thank you. Right. Just like this, it's foolish to ask black people as a white person, how do we fix racism? I don't know. My <laughs> <laughs> I didn't create this right. issue. That's yeah. not my problem. The problem doesn't rest with me. I love black people. Mm-hmm. You hate black people. You figure that out. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so it's 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 foolish, redundant, idiot, idi- idiotic. Honestly, that's why I say it helps that you know that they show the love. You know what I'm saying? While we're while we're fighting the fight, right. when they put their hand in and you're genuinely doing it, it helps. It helps. Look what it has done. Right. We don't have to ask the question, oh, do white allies help? Why is this movement in the forefront? Thank you. Because white people have Thank finally you. said something. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that shows, too, like, okay, if, you know, Black Lives Matter versus, like, if there was a movement, White Lives Matter, would it stand out? No, it wouldn't stand out because they're already in power. You You know what I'm saying? And then, like, but it also shows, too, how much power we have because when we stand back and say, okay, we're not going to buy nothing for three weeks or a month, them damn stocks dropped. So our money means so much. So when we take times like this that we're going through um, and take those moments and show our power, it shows how much money we have, you know, per se, in uh, physical equity. So how, how do black people increase their equity in the spaces that they're in? Invest with yourselves. Okay. 
simple. Expand on that a little bit. Expand on that a little bit. It's investing with yourself. So I, I hate to use other demographics as examples, but for the sake of using Go other for demographics it. as examples. Go for it. The Jewish dollar, how long does that circulate within their community before it leaves out? I think more than seven times. All right. The Asian dollar, Chinese, Japanese, doesn't Like matter. 12 times. All right. The Hispanic dollar. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I can go on for days. Right. right? Mm-hmm. The black dollar. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. What's the number? Zero to okay, zero then. time. What's it? One time. One hour. One hour. One hour. Wow. We won't spend with ourselves, right? And 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 <clears throat> we don't even have the stores, uh, and, and you know, or anything, you know, the businesses store. to survive. We're but we are. We have something to compare it to, though. We're right? starting to do it. Right. We have something. The main, the, the best example that we have is Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas the dollar there circulated ten to fifteen times before it went out into other communities, right? So. With that example being said, um, how does trust come into play? Like, Alexandra, do you feel like you have black friends, right? Yeah. So your black friends and the conversations that they have with you, I'm pretty sure, like, whenever things got heated with the racism and the protests and all that, mm-hmm. you all probably had multiple conversations. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, how what, what what is the response to you as a white woman and you having multiple black friends? What, what percentage of black friends would you say that you have? Percentage. I love percentages on this show. Um, <laughs> we got to talk in facts. We got to talk in numbers. <laughs> I would say it's probably 80%. Okay, with 80% of your friends being black, yeah. what percentage would you say that they t- they speak about trust, not being able to trust white people? Like, how? Um, what are some ways that they talk about trust? Is it re- trust in regards to uh, black women in the healthcare system or yeah. uh, with their That's OB? Right. Or is it trust within the uh, financial system related to the lack of financial literacy or, you know, anything? Well, how, how is trust discussed? I mean, I would guess it's talked about in the sense of, like, like I have, like, homegirls that will talk to me about, like, just being annoyed at something. Like, if it is, like, medical or, like, even if they go to, like, a restaurant, how they get treated or if they go, like, nail, how they get treated and things like that. So they'll, like, just say it. And they're not really saying it, like, you know, I want this white girl to understand. It's, like... That's my friend, so it's like I'm just talking to you because it's what frustrates me on a regular basis. Right, right. She's not coming to me like with a race thing, and I like, right. I'm just an open ear because I am a friend. Right. But like I hear like a a lot like, and I like that's how I resonate with what I know what's going on because I can't experience it as her. I can't experience life as a black girl or a black man. Mm-hmm. So when they come to me and tell the things, I'm open to it. So I'm like, dang, that's crazy that you experience that because if we play the white privilege thing, which is real and Girl, white girl privilege, which is real. Mm-hmm. I will never experience it, but I can. I'm her friends to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, like that's crazy that you experience that. And she knows that I'm never going to understand it, or she knows I'm not about to go to the nail salon and you know not spend it, or like you know raise cane or whatever. Right. But I hear it a lot, just like just come to me and be like, I'm like, how was your day or whatever. I'm like, oh, this girl did this and this, or I'm having a baby and the doctor did this and this. Like, so I hear it a lot. Like, it's mm-hmm. now normal. Mm-hmm. How do you feel firsthand when you see something happen? Like, and you when you see it firsthand, like disrespect or something, whether community based or online, and you're with your friends right beside them while they're going through the turmoil. I mean, um, I listen. That's like mm-hmm. my biggest thing is just listening because I'll give my. I think input. that's the most. Be- I think that's the best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Like, because if I get if I get to talking too much, like it'd be like. Not in the sense of like. What are you doing? Like, like you know, it ain't the yeah. yeah, it's like so I just be like a listener to her or mm-hmm. him or whatever. Come out and I talk about. I was like, well, she knows that I'm never going to be like that, which is right. good. But f- to listen to it, I'm like, because I can't say, oh, well, what she should do or how she should feel. Like, mm-hmm. let her like talk it out. So. 
and not to, I, I just want you to understand, we're not putting you on the spot. No, no, say, I get hey, it, I get it, yeah. What are you doing? Nah, but, yeah. nah but how often, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. But it, like, it's very beneficial to hear your point of view because how often do black people ask white folks, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because so, so I don't have any white friends. I have very few. Um, um, Not by choice. It's just like. It just doesn't happen. I have yeah. some. I went to a historically black college. You know what I'm saying? I went to a predominantly. Uh, I went to Winston-Salem State. Oh, man, too bad. Um, and so, you know, you know, I went there. I went to, you know, I went to HBCU. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot more. Um, went to a majority black high school. So the majority of my life has been black. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so when, but whenever I got to graduate school, that was the biggest shocker for me. You know, like going to an HBCU, I also went to Winston-Salem State University for um, graduate school, and only, I would say, 5% of the people in the graduate program were black. Everybody else was white. So I got my first taste of uh, systemic racism, per se, within a white graduate school class, even though that, um, even though that space is so anecdotal to me, I, w- I was able to see how white people move and operate as a unit for the, for my betterment and against me as well. Like there were scenarios where um, the black, multiple times, okay, examples would be uh, black students would have to literally go to legal at the university at their own damn alma mater because at an HBCU, at a HBCU because white classmates were saying that they were cheating because their grades were better than them. That wow. happened to me. Mm. That's my experience as a wow. black man at my own alma mater, dealing with bring it white to your people. home, <laughs> right? So, so that put my perspective on things a lot differently. You know, I met my HBCU and ninety percent of my professors are white, but guess what? While I was there, I gained a white ally who was a professor, and so it, I, had, I ran into a situation in graduate school where I got jammed up on a comprehensive exam. So we have to take these exams that are comprehensive of the semester before. And I had a 4.0 semester, but the test that was given to me based on that semester that I got a 4.0 in, I failed the test by two points. Oh, that's one of those 50 to 60% tests? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's... And I failed the test by two points yeah. off of suspect questions that most people complained about, Hate and you. white professors were against me, and I was on the verge of possibly getting kicked out of school. So I had a literally, I literally had a white ally go to the table, literally a boardroom table discussing me and my future, that could affect me for gen- that can af- not only affect me but also affect my generations, yeah, yeah. my family, everything. She went to the table for me and said, "This isn't right. That it's a problem with the content that we're teaching. If a student can get a 4.0 and then automatically fail a test by two right, points, right? And that and that will determine if they pass that. Correct. Like, Correct. That's why I said. Correct. I so said I had a I white said, ally. I had a, I had a person for you. I had a person that come to me and say and, and say, you know what? This is ha- she told me this is happening to you because you are a black student. You know what I'm saying? White students don't go through the same thing you're going through. They don't have the same experience. So I'm, I'm actually glad that you made that distinction. What do we as a collective expect from our white allies, right? And as someone who would consider themselves a white ally, mm-hmm. what is it that you think you should be doing, right? Right, that's a good question. Do you want to start on what y'all expect? and then I, I can I tell you I my expectation. I, okay. I actually want to start with her. Okay, go ahead. I feel like with what she says, we'll be able to mm-hmm. expound. Right? Okay, got you. So what I, ex- what y'all, y'all want to know what I. What, what you think. What I think white people should do. White allies supposed to do. Because right. not white people. Because it ain't, like, all white uh, people ain't white allies. That's right? true. Right. So, so the correct. white allies, I would say like, um, 
protesting if they can, like walk with them. Number one. That's okay. one thing. Like just to be out there because solidarity was, is important. Solidarity. Right. Because even when I was out there, I was in um, upstate New York when all that was going on, and I was walking. We were walking um, downtown, and just like for my black friends to see all the white people and other races come together was like that meant a lot to them. Correct. And of course, it could be like I don't know if they really understand what's going on or whatever, but just the fact that they're here, that's the thing. So um, that's one thing protesting. And then another thing of like what you're saying, like with the um, boardroom thing, if a white ally sees something happening to a black person to like say something, like you'll see the video clips of like um, them getting mistreated at the gas stations, mm -hmm. or you see all those type of videos, and you'll see like white allies coming in and saying something or like stopping it, being mm -hmm. like, don't say that. That could save a person's life. Right. Yeah, at least like saying something because so, that's like the whole thing of like, was it see see something do nothing type of thing? Correct. Like when people just like they don't want to say. You're not anything. saying anything at all. It makes you also a part it's of the problem. the problem. Right. Exactly. That's why I believe racism is not black people's problem. It's a problem for black people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. real, real differences. Strong racism statement. is white people's problem. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Not us. And so yeah. in that space, why should we? face the burden of fixing something that they broke mm -hmm. or that's broken yeah. within them, mm -hmm. right? I'm mm -hmm. not going to go pay my therapist to go and fix my own problem. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm coming to you, paying you to figure it out. Like, you are the expert in this. You are the one that studied the brain. Mm -hmm. right? So if I come to you with a question about human behavior, cognitive behavioral therapy, you should have the answer. That's absolutely. Now ask your patient, but what do you think I should do to fix this problem? Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right, that's ridiculous. And so in that space... White people, not white allies, mm -hmm. but white people should be more introspective. Mm -hmm. yeah. White allies are already aware, mm -hmm. right? That's why they're now allies. They recognize this is a human rights issue. Mm -hmm. This isn't a skin thing. This isn't a bias issue. This isn't a preference thing. This is a human rights issue. Would you like your child to be treated a certain way simply because they were born a certain way, simply because they look a certain way? If your answer is no to that and you are still racist, mm -hmm. you got issues. Yeah, definitely. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's not a black person's problem. Yep. It's it, a problem for black people. And you, and you know, I, one of the most tangible things that I was going to say and um, is that, you know, even before, I, mean, I appreciate it, Sam, but it's like white people need to start opening doors that black people can't get into. Oof. Come on. Like, Come on. you a professor Come on. At, a, at a university? Um, Our numbers are kind of down um, in, with African Americans in our program. Why do we have 90% White people in our program and only ten percent. That's what uh, a, white a white ally is supposed to be. Why? Why? why yeah. Can can we can we create some programs to increase over the next five to ten years? African American enroll in our in medical program or yeah. dental program or whatever it may be. And if you get one or two, you get one or two, automatically, boom! That gives the next generation of people an opportunity to be better and to get more. Can you, can you look this stat up for me? Real quick? What's up? I've been a den. I'm a dentist, right? And so, as far as I remember, for the last. 10 to 20 years, it's been 3% black people in our field, right? Representation, right? Mm -hmm. Only 3%. Less than half of that are black men. What do you do to I'm make that? No. I, oh, to, oh, what do I do? Yeah, to I'm constantly at HBCUs. I'm constantly outside being ver very vocal about, hey, you can be this as well. Mm -hmm. All of my patients that I see that are black, I worked in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I've, mm -hmm. I've heard this more than once. Mm -hmm. You're the first black dentist I've ever seen. In 2021. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? It's crazy. And so in that space, I am doing that by being seen. 3.7% are dentists are black. All right. And how long has that been? Since when? 
I can guarantee, I, I won't even guarantee, but I'm pretty, I'm, I'm about 95% sure you push that back to like 19, whatever, 18, whatever. So it has 18. Been it goes over 100 since 1869. Yeah. Right. It has been that number. The first black dentist. 100 years. The first black tent dentist, and he was 0.0001% black. was in 1869, Henry Noble. And so with that being said, no matter what we do as black people to get in, my numbers were solid, mm -hmm. right? It was next to impossible for them to say no to me because of my numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Why? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to do 300 times more. Why? Wow, well, right, just right. Just to get the right. same to get the same to get the same opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, and you grow up hearing that I, too. Yeah. You grow up hearing that. You grow up hearing that. You, yeah. We are taught that. You yeah. Feel yeah. What I'm saying? yeah. White kid, white kids aren't taught that. They, man, I ain't Go to school, be yet. a dentist. Do that's your best. It. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Mind you, mind you, we're in an educational system that wasn't set up for us. Right. Either. So if you're flourishing in this educational system and it wasn't meant for you, that speaks to the level of gravitas. Mm. You got nuts. Mm. Excuse my French. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. You had to go to war for this. None of the systems were really made for us. You know what I'm saying? Simple like, as that. You know, that, that's why. That, but that's that's why. That's why. Like, if we want to talk about tangible things that the audience can have, that's why I love HBCUs. Right. Mm. Because they created a space right. for Black people to go get education when right. they could not get in elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. It was very very hard to get into predominantly white schools, and very very dangerous to go to these schools yeah, as sure. well. And like when we start talking about when we bring danger into the equation, whenever a lot, whenever like the when, right, when, uh, whenever your whenever the the number of black men getting killed by police officers started to rise, the main thing your parents told you was that make it home safely, mm -hmm. because now you're dealing with life or death. It don't matter what you want to do and where you want to go to school if you ain't alive. So I appreciate HBCUs most importantly because they paved the way and they opened up a door that was once closed. HBCUs weren't always around all the time, mm -hmm. right? But whenever they came around and came on the scene, black people saw that as hope to continue to get education that they were um, should have been receiving at the same rate as their white counterparts. In 2021, it's becoming unpopular to be prejudiced. Mm -hmm. Trump was looking bad. You know, like I was in Hollywood. I stuck my middle finger up at his uh, star. White people walked by me. They clapping. They like, yeah, yeah, F him. You know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, Outside of that, when we were going through, like, the protests, I mean, it's, it's while we're going through these protests, one of the silver linings that I seen that I thought was, like, one of the most powerful things was when you see white cops beating up white people mm. because it looks stupid. It looks mm -hmm. insane. So when they look back at that, I'm like, okay, the shift is happening. Mm -hmm. White people are standing on the front lines protecting us, you know, I was in Richmond, Virginia at the time, man. Another thing it, that looked it, crazy, it, it, the too. Robert E. Lee statue, it was going nuts. I seen when you posted and that. And it was nothing but white people out there supporting. Like Richmond, Virginia had a lot of white allies out there supporting, putting their body and lives on the line, mm -hmm. their, their criminal backgrounds, mm -hmm. all these different That's things the that you risk. You That's know the what mean? difference That's between the Martin Luther King era yeah. and everything. Yeah. Like now, because, you know, it's sad that you can look like our grandkids and Nieces and nephews are going to be able to look back in 2021, and it's going to look like MLK days mm -hmm. with black and white pictures, but they're yeah. going to see it in full color, a whole 40 to 60-year yeah. difference. Well, one of the most impactful pictures I saw was a man protesting. He said, I also protested in 1940-something. Wow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Effective. He's, ain't and he's, still, he's still protesting now. 
He was 20-something years old at the time, and he's now 80-something years old now and fighting for the same right. got better at dressing it up. They give you an inch, and you think it's a mile, right? They, they open up a space, affirmative action, and you think, oh, okay, now we're getting a better shot at X, Y, and Z. That won't mess with you. I'm not sure when it's going to actually, you know, change, but that is the solution for everybody, you know, to spread love per se or, you know, become unified, everybody. Because I know people, uh, it was a guy that I worked with in corporate. He was like, you know, I marched with Martin, white guy. I'm like, dang, it's people marching with us. Very unpopular for him to do that. Extremely unpopular. Alice, I I have a question for you. So as far as – how how important is it for do you feel is is it is for black people to have white people in their network? Um, how important it is for them to have white people in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you feel right. like it's important? Do you feel like it's important for black people to diversify their network? I would say it's it's always good to be somewhat diverse and you know mm-hmm. meet different people from different backgrounds. That's like what they always say about. Well, I went to like um I went to a private university, I guess PWI. Okay. In Wingate, and okay. you know, it was like a mix. And like, my big thing of like going to college was like different backgrounds, me and different people from different countries, and all come together. Mm-hmm. And so, I figure like that's just good, period, for anybody to just have a diverse friend group or just like mm-hmm. diverse co workers, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's nothing wrong because if you do diversify yourself and it's with the wrong type of people, it's just gonna make you even more mad or like more frustrated. So, it's like, well, dang, why would I diversify with these other people who don't believe the same things I do? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with my same people. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's important to just, you know, for personal development to, like, see where different people come from. At the end of the day, if it's, like, uh, if it's toxic or if it's whatever, then you don't mm-hmm. need it. It's not important. You know what? <laughs> White people in our generation have always been seen as powerful. That's fair. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, even myself included, growing up, uh, being in the music industry, you know what I'm saying, somebody – you watch, and it's like, oh, they got this white dude making their beats. They got this white manager, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I can take them serious because it's a white guy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The saddest shit ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. You know? So, so uh, let's, 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 switch, self, let's switch it up a little bit. Are all black people allies? No. <laughs> Some of your skin folk. No. Ain't your kin folk. I've climbed up the corporate ladder as well and uh, when I was in it, you know, um, and... It hurt me to my heart, you know what I'm saying? Because the people that hated on me the most was lying about me and stuff. It was the people I was around. And when I got that promotion, they hated because it made me make 15000 more than them. Why did he get the job? They were black. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't leave me alone. Like, they were really pestering me, like, telling our, um, I don't like to call them bosses. You know what I'm saying? But they were telling our director. Oh, he don't do nothing. He don't deserve the money. I could have had it. You know what I'm saying? What is Peter over there doing? You know, this and that, this. And I'm yeah, like, yo, what, what what, did I do to you? you I can, I'm trying to help you get it too. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's why we stay down. Once you don't get that, it's like what you said earlier. You eat with everybody. It's not that you just, you know, okay, we do want to pitch and eat with black first. You know what I'm saying? Because we're trying to come from the bottom and make it equal for ourselves from the inside and grow our own you know, habitat and community, but try to eat with who can help you and then you'll come up for sure. Now also let's go through a little, we're going to go through, go around the table. Hey Dub, how would you define white supremacy? White supremacy. Um, 
I would define it as like hate group, you know, just hateful, violent, um, a terrorist, thug, or the white supremacy is just different. It's a different breed. It's just that's their own type of. They have a bad agenda. Not good. That's my. That's how I describe it. Define it. Go ahead, P. Systematically empowered. I like I like how you put it, Chris. Um, the systematic power. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the only real way to look at this process, right? White by color, right? Yeah, yeah, by color. It's it's effectively a means to subjugate a demographic, mm-hmm. right? And and not just one demographic, all demographics other than one, mm-hmm. right? And so in that space, if we're looking at systems of oppression. That's all it is. It is a system of governance meant to benefit just one party. Everyone else plays into the benefit of that one party. You see where I'm going? Okay. You know, I, I looked it up. I looked at the definition. I had a kind of similar to what you say, but the definition is that the belief that white people constitute a superior race and should therefore dominate society typically to the exclusion or detriment of other racial and ethnic groups, in particular black or Jewish people. So with that being said, we, as black people through our lens, we look at Jewish people also as white people because of the color of their skin. You, sometimes you're not able to, especially if you know, you don't go in this, grow up in the city and you don't see uh, their cultural experiences. Um, so white supremacy can really hinder any racial group that's not their own. So why don't us as black people band together with other racial groups that are also in the same position as we are and to come together and be a lot more powerful? The reason why is because other racial groups also bought into white supremacy. Okay. Mm. Asians don't rock with black no. people. No, no. Hispanics barely rock with black people. Even, look, I, I'm not, not to call out any particular demographic, but ask a Dominican if they black or if they rock with black. Some of them will say they black. Some of them won't. Some of them, some I mean, of them, some of them identify so as Afro. Say, uh, I'll go so far as to say most of them right. would say they're not black. Why, why is that? Why, why do you think they don't have? They bought into the idea that white is right. So I go even deeper. So whenever the uh, Romans and the Greeks went over into Kemet mm-hmm. at that time and destroyed all of the scrolls of information, of who we were as people, they knew it. They knew exactly what the task was, because through uh, missionaries and other people, which are spies, they understood the strength that we had as a unit, as a people. So Why do you think they destroyed the black family, right? So it's kind of it's a system. You you destroy the system. Our the system on an anecdotal level for us is the family. That's why in a previous call. The question was asked, why should I get married? That's your system, right? You should get married to a black man because your system says so. It is the blueprint to how you are successful, how you navigate life. Everybody needs a partner. Nobody has never done anything alone. One of the most common scenarios and most recent scenarios we can say is Jack Dorsey, white ally. You know why? He he bought a black company, empowered a, another black man, and gave him – what, upwards of $615 million? Oh, that's the Jay-Z deal? Yes. 
He, Jack Dorsey is the CEO and owner of Square. Mm-hmm. Okay, he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He could have went and, and, and bought another white music platform and skipped right over title and, and purposely said, I'm not going to title because it's owned by a black man. Yep. So what that does, and then Jay-Z went and did what? He was purchased by a uh, cash app. He purchased by cash app, white company. He then went and invested in Perch Credit, which is a black-owned company. I also just bought Perch Credit. Okay, good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Perch Credit... Black-owned company, what's the tool of Purse Credit? The purpose is to, what else? Kill a mic with Greenwood. So kill a mic with I'm Greenwood. With that as well. You know? But to build credit for the to stuff build that credit we so that black people, So black people can get more opportunities. Yep. You're playing within the white system. That's why I feel like white allies are important because you can learn how to play the game. How can you, not, how can you learn to play a game you don't have the manual to? Yeah. If you're white, so if you have a video game. The new manual that they created. If you have a video game. You turn it on, you've never used a video game before, but your white friend across the street has the same video game, but he has the book manual to it. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it'd be smart? Hey, man, what's going on? Come play ball with us tomorrow. Two days later, hey, man, we got the same game, bro. Can I borrow like, that manual for an hour or two? You don't know this trick? You didn't yeah. know that. You don't, have a, you. you don't have a manual? That ain't right. You know, exactly. kids really don't see color until they're taught. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a manual? That's not right. Let me go run and get mine. Here. Oh, matter of fact, go make copies of it. You can have it. Have it. Make copies? Oh, yeah, it's a copy machine down the street. You can make copies for free. You don't know the resources. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know the resources that you have. That's why it's important, I feel like. I asked all these questions on purpose because I had to do a lot of soul searching within myself to be humble, to say, I need white allies to be successful. You know what I'm saying? CEO, the owner of this building, he ain't black. I could have said easily, you know what? I'm not going nowhere unless it is black on 100%. I don't care. Black on what? Uh, partly black on. Shoot. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes as black people, we don't see, um, if it's not 100% us, we, we are automatically whitewash it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's important. I don't even think we're using our own people, though. See, it's like a difference in that. Mm-hmm. It's like ones that, that they're like, yo, I'm going to do it by myself. And that's where you're wrong. They don't even want it from other black people. And then sometimes they just try to go to white people without having that manual and the proper etiquette to approach them so they get looked at like, yo, are you retarded? You came to me without a business plan? You came to me without this? And it's, it's like, you, yo, I didn't know I was supposed know. to have a business plan. That's why, that's why I think I, I think it's time to, I think, we, I think, you know, the biggest part about it is we need to start showing our own people grace. Mm-hmm. I you believe, I think so too. Show, show us grace. Like I said, I said this that two, three times a day. If a black, if you know, if you knew the information that a black man made, 59 cents on the dollar that a white man makes and the and the wealth gap between black families and white families is a minimum of $29,000. That means they wake up in the morning and they automatically short $29,000. Mm-hmm. That's like asking to play somebody in a basketball game and they automatically start in the third quarter and they want you to put catch up. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That means that white folks can wake up and make 29 grand without doing nothing. The mindset got to change in the black community. Through opportunity. Yeah, it's already there. So 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 black people that have the knowledge, like that's why I like Earn Your Leisure. Like shout they out to Earn Your Leisure. Back. I like that they give tangible information. Black people, you need to have a credit score of seven hundred, six seventy five or whatever and up. This is how you do that. Point A, point B, point C. Okay, you don't you don't like okay, you know how our people are. Oh yeah, you don't like them things? You don't feel like doing those things? Guess what? D E F G, you can do those. You can do that. And guess what? You don't like those? H- you know what I'm saying? Awesome, yeah. 
it gives you options. I'm so shout out tools. to Earn Your Leisure. Like they give actual t- tools to be successful in what you do. So I think all in all, like we're all on the same wave. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Dub, thank you for coming on and speaking because you didn't have to do that. Can I pose a question? Go ahead. Me? Oh, yeah, let's hear that. So as you know, like, okay, I'm white, all mm-hmm. the way white. Mm-hmm. And I work at a hip-hop station okay. in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. So since I've been here, well, me leading up to being in the position, I knew who I was like up against, being like a black woman. And with everything going on, my family was like, oh, they're going to go with the black woman because why would they pick a white woman for a hip-hop station while everything's going on? And I felt like, you know, I really was going to get this job, even though, like, I look at her page and, like, what she's done versus what I knew they were looking for. And, like, my platform, my videos and things like that are, like, were just better versus what she was. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're going to go with her just to be safe. Mm-hmm. So my boss took a chance and, like, hired me on and was, like, just ready to deal with it no matter, like, what happened. Right. So since I've been on here, like, of course, it's always been like this. But of, like, me being at hip-hop stations, of, like, oh, why would you hire um, a minority to be on a hip-hop station? Why would you hire a white girl and things like that? Mm-hmm. And then, like, people will fight, in, not fight in the comments, but, like, they'll have my back and things like that. But it's still, like, a thing. So how do y'all feel with, like, white people who do take more hip-hop jobs or, like, black jobs? We can go to, like, No Jumper Podcast. You got Adam22, people like that, DJ Vlad. Like, how do y'all feel about when people, when white people come in and take what you consider predominantly black company jobs or black culture jobs? I look at you know what, I've gotten to I've gotten to the point of, um, that I had to grow. I, I I always acknowledge my reality, but as my spirituality increased, my mindset had to change, right? And so I started looking as at people as people, but also maintaining the fact that I am a black man and I live in a society that is stacked up against me. So in your scenario, I will look at I will look at the person like okay like. Is she qualified? Okay, she's qualified. Cool. I will look at the content, like, her content's fire. Bet. And I will also look at it like, this is a podcast, like, for example, this is a podcast for black men, but I decided to bring a white woman on here. Why? Because the content is needed. So it also makes the content at your job even more interesting, the fact that you are a white woman interviewing black artists. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Even from a business perspective. Mm -hmm. But sometimes us as white people, as black people, We'll automatically say, oh, she got the job because she's white. Really? We got to start being 100 with our own black people, too, because we also are in a in a, a blurry space where as we continue to pull up folks, people also want to just get a handout, too, because they're black. Yep. They want to utilize this mm-hmm. opportunity. Like, okay, we are in a space where I can get ahead because I'm black, where they really don't put the work in. So I'm not really don't support a person that don't put the work in, I don't care what your skin color is. Yeah. So if you're at the point where you're putting in that work and you are white. And that's objective. Boom, that's objective. Yeah. Right, right. So, But I do feel like there is a level of subjectivity that needs to happen as far as we need to increase black people in the job. But my my answer, my question to you back is how many black people, I mean, what's the percentage of black people that already work there? Um, I would say probably majority, like 90%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they so we can't really go at the radio station for hiring ninety percent black people and then right. get mad when they hire one white girl. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know I what feel I'm like love is love, and you know that yes. diversity it goes other ways. You know, and it's you know it's just cold hard facts too. We need the minorities in our spaces as well. You know, like it looks good. So 
business etiquette says, you know, whoever your boss is, he probably knows that as well. But he also knows that you're good at what you do because black people have always been a giving people and loving people. You know what I'm saying? Like in the beginning, we taught other races how to do certain things. Absolutely. And then we seen the gifts and talents they had. We right. either learn from them or let them join us. Right. We taught, so that same thing is happening writing, in New York. We taught writing. We taught mathematics. You talented. Right. So it's like, okay, Everything. we can break bread. And you can come in and build with us as well. And now you are part of the team. And guess what? We're going to love you like one of our own because this is how we are. Right. Mm-hmm. To okay. add to that, to add to that, like, in that space, bro, like, it, excuse me. I'm being very, very um, professional. Nevertheless, in that space, bro, like, we have to look at it in, 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 in two ways, right? Like, there are individuals who play the ally role but aren't really the ally. Mm-hmm. And there are individuals who don't play the role at all right. simply because it's safer not to, right? Mm-hmm. And so we got individuals like, what's that lady's name? Um, that Rachel, that Ra- Rachel. Dozel. Mm-hmm. Ally or fuck. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was an advocate for black people pretending to be a black woman, using it for her benefit in order to further her career. But mm-hmm. at the same time, she was advocating for black issues. But Strong. is that ally or foe? Because effectively... That could be considered appropriation. Mm-hmm. You're not a black woman. Why are you pretending to be a black woman? Because you could have just been straight up white, and it would have been accepted the same way. And it probably would have made more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Especially during the time when she did it, which you was, I don't know when it was, 2012, the 13, beginning 14. Of the social media craze. She would have had, it would have been a lot more powerful for her to to stay true to who she was. What's your, what's your response to her question? As far as, you know, her experience of, you know, being a white woman hired onto a hip hop platform. I just answered. It. You? Okay. <laughs> I, I fully agree with that because they offer different perspectives. Okay. Different people from different demographics think differently. Right. So you can't limit yourself to just one process of thought. That's my that's my personal opinion. That is right. Mm-hmm. It's good so to be diverse it's everywhere. Good to be diverse yeah. in all aspects. Do, right? do you think Do you think white people should be head of uh, black organizations? Like a white man is the head of United Negro College Fund. Here, here's how I look at it. Here's how I look at it. Who Who does the better job of managing the company? Okay. Right. I don't really care about where you're from. All I really care about is can you do what I ask you to do. The places where they are, it needs to be revisited now because I feel like now, right. in 2021, we have the tools of good management. Agreed. Maybe before, like you made a great point, we didn't. So it's like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board and see who is qualified for this. And if that white man is still overqualified more than you, then learn from him. But now we can but, okay, seat you there. But we talking about United Negro College Fund, like this is yeah. the first black CEO out of, since Ever? its inception. Oh, no, nah, that's, that's wild. They've had white CEOs. That's insane. The whole time. Who owns the company? I don't know. That's mm. the question right there. So, I mean, if they keeping it in the family or something, then that's what it is. But if it's like some it needs to be a black lead, you know, at least. I, I feel the, like that's um, equivalent to I feel like that's equivalent to HBCUs being around for hundreds of years but only having white presidents the entire time. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? I agree. It's like it's like where was, was the where was the oversight? Yeah. That's a major oversight. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say what, but how is that any different from the plantation? You feel what I'm same thing, bro. It's the same thing. Or or let's get who, into who owns the company. Let's get in, let's get into NBA team ownership. Come on. Let's get into NFL, NFL team, team owner team ownership. Let's get into. But if you notice, it's starting to shift because they're starting to put uh, people of color in management and vice president and president positions. Remember this whole department. You, you think it's a mile? Yeah, it's the same. 
It's the same, bro. Like, like, or like an example with that would be, you know, now. Um, and why do we have to accept that it's getting better? Like, like, like now, LeBron and Matt Carter are part of that ownership group of the of the Boston Red Sox, right? Yeah. Like, how should we look at that? Should we be thankful, or should we say mm, we need to kick it up a notch still? You know. What I can say, what I think, and this is again just my person. I love to preface that because I, I speak with a lot of like strength and command in that. So this is my opinion. What I think in that space, we should we should be grateful because the door is being open. Showing gratitude, right? And so that if the door is being open, better here's here's a big, a great way to put it. The journey of a thousand miles starts with what? One step at a time. Step. Right. So if these black men, black women, whoever they may be, are stepping into these positions of ownership on these larger scales in arenas that were originally and still somewhat meant for white men, by all means, I'm clapping for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that means later down the line, it's going to be easier for my son or daughter to go now and become that CEO. Mm -hmm. I ain't even going to hold you. Like, I'm, I'm good with the gradual progress. It's taking too long, but it's gradually getting better. Mm-hmm. Right? Amer- Y'all know what's crazy, too? And I know we're getting probably going to come to an end. Like, um, in the beginning, black people were kings and ruled and everything. The timeline that none of us have access to anymore is really written like it's time for white people to rule because they're late to the party. So it's almost over, you know? So black Un- people understanding had, chronolo- yeah, chronological yep. time. Black people right. have had their time. Black yep. people, I mean, white people are here, and it it appears to us that they rule the world and they had slaves and everything. But it's like they're last to do it. Yep. We've already mastered We've already this. Yep. So that's what the timeline is I, like. I, but I yeah, okay. and you know, the shift is back to where, in spirituality terms, like everybody's supposed to share and get a piece now. But that's where we are mm-hmm. essentially. You and, and, sound like Dick Gregory to me, bro. Uh, <laughs> so, like, so, like, I got two questions left. Two questions. We will start with you, uh, Ada. Should black people have would remain? Would black people be better off now if they would have stayed segregated? Mm. Would they be better off they stayed segregated? Mm-hmm. So, do do we do we feel oh. as if black people were better off when they were segregated? When we were segregated, I feel like we had a little more pressure on. Our, or I won't say pressure, but we had a chip on our shoulder to prove that integrated right and so yeah. we were was we're integration was integration a uh was integration a good move for us or a bad move for us it all depends on how you yeah, okay, it was a bad me, move yo go, yeah let me go and be let me be clear about it instead <laughs> of just trying to make you know be politically correct no just be, yeah, be honest i personally think it was a bad move okay right because all it did was further instill that we were inferior okay right the so, idea it's not a fact mm-hmm. it is the idea that we were inferior mm-hmm. the fact that we fought just be included means that we don't value our own position well enough, mm-hmm. right? And 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 not yeah. to, not to take away from all of the fighting that we did. I'm grateful for it. My parents are Nigerian; they came over here, took advantage of that aspect. So I'm looking at this like, hey, I'm taking full advantage of what several people's ancestors did in order for me to get here, and in one generation, change the entire demographic. My parents came from nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about dirt poor. Hole in the hole in the cement ground is where you take your is where you go to the bathroom. Wow. If you got a hole in the cement ground, wow. mm-hmm. you're still going to fetch water where they from. Right. Ain't no consistent light to this day in Nigeria. Wow. And that's where they came from. Wow. They came over here to the land of milk and honey mm-hmm. and off the backs of black people found a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now I can be a doctor in America because of what my parents did, immigrant parents. In that same breath, bro. That in and of itself is why I think it may have helped 
why it could be considered good, but at the same time, what it did for the psyche of black people as a collective, it was damaging. There's so many conversations rolling off of that. Like, I want to have another conversation with him. You know, we spoke about it. I'm like, why is, you know, the fight of black versus black? Like, how come they have that mindset? It's not lazy. You know what I'm saying? We're doing a whole other episode. Africans versus African-Americans. It's it's a whole other conversation. But something else he has said, too, because that's where the uh, idea of the black dollar. We created the black dollar, like, within segregation. So when we were desegregated, it ruined it. Yep. Now the black dollar's back. You know what I'm saying? We're putting it back in our communities. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's, I'm going to leave it yeah. there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hard, it's hard to hit on all those points and not recognize or realize where it's good and where it's bad. Facts. And to call it one or the other is just being, I won't say ignorant, but being less informed about what's actually happened and happening. Look what happened, too. We became spooks by the door right now. You know what I'm saying? I can become friends with Alex, and she get me in the game. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. <laughs> now we're there. It's like, okay, but then we, I, I wouldn't have that opportunity because I wouldn't be fucking with Alex. and right. be like, yo, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there was, um, like, a tweet that went around of being, like, uh, I think a girl just kind of tweeted her opinion of, like, oh, all, all HBCUs should just be black period like not allow white people to apply at all and a lot of people were like why would you want to like go back to the whole like segregation type thing where like it's just black people that's their own thing and white people can't apply whereas if like a black person applied to a white college they say that very no. same rule could apply yeah so like how do y'all feel about that about the whole like is segregation should so, have been segregated or so so my, my, my viewpoint on that is kind of like what you hit on is like not all black people want to go to hbcus right so you actually set yourself back. Sometimes you have to accept where you are. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can talk about how things were, should have happened like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a lot of people get caught up on that, too, mm-hmm. to where as they're mentally, they never expand consciously and elevate to a level of knowledge that says, you know what? Segregation shouldn't have happened this way. Certain things shouldn't have happened this way. But guess what? I'm here now. This is how I'm going to navigate the playing field that I'm on. And I don't agree with that point. I feel like white people should be apply, be able to apply to HBCUs the same way I want my people to be able to apply to PWIs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm also speaking from a point of view where I've grown, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I now want to focus on spreading love, right? I want things to be in balance. How can I, how can I, how can I be a preacher of balance, but I want imbalance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not my concern if white people apply to HBCUs or not. It's my concern that black people can apply where they want to apply. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you have to also be um, very um, responsible about where you put your energy at. You know what I mean? That's 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 my feedback on that. That's true. Also, y'all getting scholarships for HBCUs. I know. Minority scholarships, minority right? Scholarships. Mm-hmm. It was oh, well, a dude in my computer a science class. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I said, where did you come from, bro? <laughs> like, He said, you know, y'all remember we had that championship winning baseball team? Yes. Mm. Yes. It was a bunch of white dudes on yep. it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he was in, we, we were in the same computer science course. And he said, yo, I got a scholarship. I wasn't going to get a scholarship at a PWI. I'm flat out. I'm going to ask because I grew up with white friends and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I had black and white. And where I'm from, it's like a small football town. We was like balling, you know. So we grew up. Our team, everybody on there was like family. The white boys, I go back home now. What's up, PJ? They, they excited to see me. And I feel the same way. And I can trust them. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm gonna speak on two points. Going back to my grad school days, boy, they were it was war, boy. You know what I'm saying? Two points. I got a full scholarship to 
uh, graduate school because um, North Carolina has a uh, STEM fellowship that in a grant that increases minorities in the STEM field. So science, math, technology, technology any engineering, any of those fields, you get a full scholarship in that. Two HBCUs, right? That's one. Two, I had in my graduate school class a girl from Egypt from there, full-blown, 100% Egyptian. That's where all her family is and everything. She, she came over to the States years later. She went to NC State, all those great things. She applied to the school as white. Oh. Got into the program, right, with the rest of some of the white people in my class. Went to apply. She learned about all the black people having the full scholarship. She went to apply to the scholarship and said she was black on the, on the application for the scholarship. Did no one check her? Like, oh, we checked her for oh, sure. Okay, okay. Oh, we pulled up for sure. It was, it was a pull up moment. <laughs> did, what, uh, which scholarship did she get? She didn't get nothing because we went to the scholarship coordinator and was like, yo, this ain't right. She's fraud. Mm. She fraud. applied to the university. They went back and pulled her application to the graduate school and said she identified as white. Now how all of a sudden are you identifying as black because you want black dollars to go to graduate she school? She already had white dollars, right? She didn't have nothing. She didn't get the white scholarship. The minority so white, scholarship. Because white, 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 white people were not considered minorities that – the grant was strictly for oh, black for people increasing, yeah, increasing numbers. Also, oh, in she messed up. Right. Somebody if she would have applied, if she would have applied as her <laughs> African nature, and her response, <laughs> to, real, her response was to you, us dude. was, like her response to us was, I was taught to say that I was white. See, in Egypt though, that's weird. Here, when, when she, oh, got she got here, okay, her cool. parents taught her that. Because you can get ahead more in the states if you identify as white, and she was fairer skinned now as well. So identifies that she passed, right? Then she goes and applies to the uh, to the to, for the scholarship, and she's applying as black. So seeing like the differentiations, still to this day, I'm, I'm working with the university in my graduate school program on making sure black students have the same opportunities as white kids in the program. I had a 30, 45 minute Zoom conversation with a black white professor on how black students at an HBCU should not be dealing with racism within their program. Great. Great. Why is this still a problem? Because it's white people at the head, right? Right. But then it's I'm, it sounds dumb, but it's good white people up there too that's helping, hey. like the ones that fought for you. Yeah, but but you know, all in all, man, dope conversation. Great one. White Great allies. A dub, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Much love, much love, much love, much love. <laughs> Black fly on the wall. The podcast. Thank you for listening in. Black man advocating for black man. Love. Love. Uh, <laughs>